Hello and welcome to another episode of The Modern Nerd. I am Tim Bolin. I am Dan Smirch. I'm GJC. And we are, as always, massive nerds. Now, as you can tell, we are expanding our nerddom into wrestling in this uh, very special two-part episode. So make sure to tune in. Uh, you can catch it all live with us now as we record it, but I will be putting this up in two episodes. So fear not. We have a lot to say. You'll be able to pace it out and, and really take it all in with us so you don't get overwhelmed by the wrestling. Um, before we dive deep into that, um, we'll just do a quick little, uh, quick catch up. There's not going to be a lot happening here. Um, I'll go. I, I watched, uh, I watched Uncharted last night. Um, and, uh, it, 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 no, it wasn't bad. It was one of the better video game adaptation movies, but like there was just no Curse chemistry. Continues. No chemistry between Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland, and it was sad. It, it I wanted it to work, but it, it it got super ridiculous with their giant third act, uh, chase slash battle. It was it was absurd. Um, but I mean, I, it was take. a rental, so whatever. What we gotta do to get a good video game adaptation. We'll we'll, we'll we we'll we'll go over that. Didn't we do yeah. that? Did that on an episode? We did do that. I don't think it's up on the. It's not on the uh, YouTube, but yeah, we did. Yeah, check out the the Spotify. It's got the um, video game adaptation one that we did. It's we go deep into that one. Video game adaptations, aka like the tolerable ones. Did we actually do that one? Anyway, um, that's all I got. I'm not playing anything new. Um, George, Mm. have you heard of the Orville? Ooh. Yeah, I know what so you're talking good. about. George, I'm telling you, it's really good. I was so yeah. skeptical. You know I who was, was like, talking about that? Persnackety was talking about that. She's She was scared that it got canceled. It got moved to a different channel. Yeah. I don't know who that is, but she's got good tastes. And uh, I was like on YouTube, saw a trailer for the return season coming back to Hulu. And that trailer gave me goosebumps like a fucking Marvel trailer. I was like, do I need to watch this? And the first episode is like, it's fine but but then it just it's star trek it is star trek like front and back like you will get like the feelies of like the deal with real shit and comedy watch it is like is like comedy is like third or fourth on the list of like like what they're trying to do in that show and it's maybe even lower it's it's like science fiction and story first and it's good and seth mcfarland gotta say probably his best on-screen acting job he's doing pretty good i me and tim have talked about this never really liked him but uh yeah he's good it's his little love letter to star trek it, it came out a while totally. ago it's like his dream come true and i'm glad for him because they're pulling it off with flying colors yeah so it's fantastic i'm loving it anything to report george um, new computer i watched oh yeah i got a new computer that was pretty pog you guys can check out my twitter i posted a video of it um let's see i watched death on the nile starring gal gadot I saw and that too. It was okay. It was. Yeah. I kind of. I guess I kind of liked it better maybe than the first one. The first one was okay too. They're not amazing, but yeah. I enjoy the premise and I like mysteries. Um, yeah. I watched two mountain climbing documentaries on Netflix: The Alpinist, and then the other one was um, about the Nepalese mountain climber who like did all fourteen uh, eight thousand above ascents, and within one season, he's a record wow. holder. 
So it's like Everest, K4, all those Himalayan mountains that are above 8,000 feet. He did it all in one year during one climbing season. So it's like amazing. And he's Nepalese, which is awesome. Uh, as far as games, I uh, haven't played anything new. I've been playing Hearthstone, but as usual, but there is a cool thing that I think Tim would like and I talked to Smirch about is that our 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 idol god Ben Brode made a game called Marvel Snap. It is the oh, new Marvel card collecting game. Yeah, he is the man who invented Hearthstone, and he's like, I mean, like, like if you love Hearthstone from like what was good and pure about it back in the day, and like, th- like all the good things that me and Smirch remember about classic Hearthstone come from this man, like. Well, man, like, well, man. so he God, they entrusted probably the the guy to go to to make a card game. They poached him from Blizzard and was like, "Here's a bunch of money, go make a Marvel card game." And he was like, "Well, met." Well, <laughs> <laughs> and also a big up on him. He looks great. Guy Dude. obviously trimmed yeah, down yeah. a bunch. He looks great. Come back on the Lumanati's pizzas, probably on that, on that on that Marvel on that Marvel diet. <laughs> On that Marvel die, he's got to look like Marvel a superhero. <laughs> They're about to turn him into a card. <laughs> is he a Chicagoan? Uh, no, but he no. he is a big fan of Luz. I mean, who's not? He's it, a big it's... fan of Luz. Brian Kibler one time was asking about getting wanting to have really good pizza, and he suggested Lou Manatti's, and Damn then right. shipped awesome. it out to him, and the two of them were talking about it on Twitter, so... That's so cool. We, we, we could have a whole episode on pizza, but... We, we, we should! We should, we should, should go, you know what? Me and Smirch will go around all the Chicago pizza places and try to like test it out. I'll, yeah. I'll come, we'll, I'll we'll come go. home for that one and we'll get a GoPro we'll come out, and, do and we'll all come out with a pizza box right in the sidewalk and like just talk shit about whatever we feel like. And <laughs> we're like, like this is not as good as really Lou's. <laughs> Wherever we are, this is not as good as Lou's. <laughs> Equads is pretty good. They're pretty Equads good. Anyway. is my number one. Ooh. Yep. Okay. Yeah, right. that's okay. Yeah, we're, now we're, we're, we're moving on. Down. Moving Classic. on before <laughs> before we get too deep into pizza. There's no Chicagoans in their pizza. The pizza is a hot dog sandwich. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah, yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um. All right. Wrestling. So, wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. Um. Uh, I personally have been watching since like '87, '88. Since I was old enough to understand TV, I I'm I was a Hulkamaniac growing up, and you know uh, I, this this stuff is basically like part of my blood now. It's in me for life. There's no getting rid of it. Um, when I was a, a young kid, you know, like six, everyone would be like, "What do you want to do when you grow up?" And I was like, "I want to go to pro wrestling college," and uh, you know that was that was what I wanted to do. So. Um, we are going to, in this first part, kind of just go through the timeline. We're going to start really right around the Attitude Era, uh, late 90s to the early 2000s, and kind of work our way to now. There'll probably be some gaps. I think George was maybe the only one paying attention to it during like the Ruthless Aggression and parts of the PG era. So we'll kind of we'll kind of go from there. Let's uh, let's kind of go and uh, down memory lane. Doo-doo-doo. And go back to uh uh you know it was late ninety seven early ninety eight really when we started getting the Attitude Era we had uh, the early early iterations of the Monday Night Wars um there's so many like key moments uh, and everything to to talk about and break down but we'll, we'll kind of get into that what uh, 
Uh, if we all had to pick an era, what would be our top era? I mean, mine's obviously attitude uh, by far for yeah. me. Anyone disagree? Nope. George? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't have, I mean, like, I don't know. It's hard to say as far as like favorite era, but I guess the yeah, Asher attitude is when I first started. It's all, it's hard, you know. Close. This is the thing is, is we all, whether it's it's wrestling or comics or movies or whatever, there is a bit of nostalgia like lens that we all have, which is like, yeah. that's the era that we were born in. So I'm wondering if somebody in a younger generation or even a slightly older generation than us by like 10 years, when they first started watching wrestling as kids, maybe they might choose a different era. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know because obviously it's, kids who weren't born during the attitude era can't say the attitude era per se, like, yeah. you know. Unless they go it's back and watch it. It's too hard to compete with. Because uh, right now for us, we have both the nostalgia factor and like the fact that like, since we were re- like, things are already hard to compete with. Like when you have nostalgia working for you, like from your childhood. And I also genuinely think that was like the best era in wrestling. So when you combine those two facts, like how could wrestling ever be that good again? Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, it's, it's, it hasn't been, uh, they've tried things. And I really thought that the c- competition with, um, AEW would start bringing out, uh, the competitive side and Vince and WWE, but so far, I don't know. Not I, really. It's too, it's no. too late for me. I think I've just, I think I'm just, I've moved on. Uh, I will always be a wrestling fan and wrestling fan at heart, but like, it's hard. It's it's a time commitment. It's there's a lot happening, a lot to follow, and uh, the thing that's doing that right now, I'm trying to like, it's taking up too much time is is critical role. So that's what that's my time consumer right now. I can't have two of those in my life with massive amounts of content, and I think critical role right now is way more <laughs> rewarding. Uh, I feel like I feel like I don't know. I don't want to get too into it, but I just want to say that I, I think that we. It's like we root for individuals in wrestling, like who we want to see succeed. And wrestling as a whole, I just feel like is is really hard to be a real fan right now. Uh, it's a real mm-hmm. challenge. Like you really have to oh, like yeah. wrestling. And it's like uh, I I find myself asking the question like, is yeah. this worth like is this worth it? And for me lately, I mean, not really. We're definitely going to dive into the recent controversy too because I want to talk about it. Yeah, I want to talk Absolutely. about that for sure. There, let me let me put this out there though. I'm I'm going to put out a statement, and this is how I feel uh, about it. Is, uh, um, the Attitude Era for me was the best time in. I would call that more sports entertainment. That was because you had you had the perfect blend of characters, storytelling, wrestling, like everything was at where it needed to be to be be that perfect blend of everything whereas right now i do think you have some of the strongest wrestling happening like it not maybe not wwe but like before it was nxt 2.0 nxt was like on fire aew has some puts on some great matches like some of the matches that we're getting right now if you're looking at it from a wrestling point of view a a technical standpoint there's some of the most entertaining matches you can find you know there's a lot to be said about attitude era and even some before then which are on some of my list that we can kind of go over later in part two um but it, to me there's a, 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 a nice vague difference between um attitude era and 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 sports entertainment and then wrestling wrestling uh, at its purest so you know i i think and we can break that down in a little bit here um I think we are getting some really pure wrestling and pretty 
pretty solid matches when the bookers book them right, is my thought. George? Mm. There's talent up to the wazoo right now, like in the in this not just in the company itself of WWE, but in the business. Just lots of upcoming and just talent that has not just upcoming, but has been here for a while. But because of um, the huge, because of the un, like imbalance there is from promoter to talent and the the relationship that 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 has always been that way in wrestling, um. Talent just kind of has to take it in that sense. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't have a choice. Like they, these are the. That's how you make money in the business. You know, and you you sit and you wait for a chance. And I'm not saying they haven't done some good things. Like, you know, there's people who've been in the company for decades and they finally did get their big, you know, big spot in the in the in the sun. But longevity in that big spot very short. You know, it's like, uh, like it's almost sometimes it feels like, okay, here's your company watch. Like, thanks for your like 15 years, you know? And it's like, I get it. You get one big moment and not everyone is a superstar. And that is the competitiveness of the business, you know? And if there wasn't that kind of competitiveness, you wouldn't have the, the talent trying to rise to the top as they say in the business. But, um, you forget that like, they're not behind the 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 flash and all that they're not just superstars they're people too they're people who have lives who have jobs who have bodies that hurt who have dedicated countless hours to a career that honestly like how many of them are really going to be financially compensated for the pain that they and toll that they put their sums through and also their families through because they're on the road most of the yeah. day at time you know it's it's on the road more than any other sport uh, more there's no season for it it's yeah. all year round so it it, it 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 that's really i think where i think all three of us can agree that that's where the respect for these performers is it's never when we say we don't like things about what's going on i don't think it's ever towards any of the performers because oh, no. even if it's a heel or somebody who you don't think has the talent or is not quite there yet and you don't find entertaining you still respect them because you know what it takes to just even get to where they are now like it, it, it and and it sucks because the there's so much talent there's so much talent there's such a wide pool of wrestling talent right now but such a small amount of limited spots and it's frustrating when you see somebody finally get a chance and an opportunity to be on TV. And it's like, you're just like, man, you're not doing anything to help this guy, you know, no. or this girl, which is kind of a good little segment, uh, segue, uh, into the current, uh, controversy that's kind of happening right now that, that just sort of took place last Monday night. Um, mm -hmm. the current WWE women's tag team champions, Sasha Banks and, uh, Naomi, uh, they, uh, were booked in a six way, was it singles match or was it a, a tag match? I think it was, it, it was, was to determine who was, but it was weirdly determined who was going to go on. Yeah. To determine one contender would, match. Exactly. And they did not feel comfortable wrestling with two of the, uh, contestants who uh, have not been named, which is, is good. Um, and you know, they went to Vince and, and everybody and they were like, Hey, we don't feel comfortable. We don't want to do this. We want to, uh, we want to be taken out of this match or something. They don't feel respected as, as the champions. And Vince was like, nah, this is it. This is how we're booking this. 
and uh, they walked out of Raw. They left and yeah. did There's not come back for that evening. The, the, and then now they have been uh, suspended indefinitely. Yeah. All There's... of their merch and everything's been taken down. There's more to the story also. A lot of, of since Monday, a lot of facts have come out from people who are really close to the not facts, but like stories have come out that the idea is that um, the two of them were going to win number one contender spots for respective titles, and them being re women tag team champions were like, why aren't we just defending our titles at the next pay per view? Like, so do you understand what they did again, which they've done repeatedly in past pay-per-views for female championship paper like matches? They decided to combine matches, essentially. Yeah. They took what could have been two matches for females for championships, the tag team championships, and SmackDown. Oh, three. So SmackDown and what could have been a tag team championship, a SmackDown championship, and a Raw championship on a pay-per-view. They decided like not to have a tag team championship and then just put the tag team champion in the spot of to face one SmackDown champion and then the other one to face the Raw champion. Like, so they eliminated one of the championship matches. And not only did that happen, they didn't give the opportunity to somebody else who's been trying to get a championship match. Mm -hmm. So this by when you do that, you have eliminated two potential people who could have come up and on singles and then a team of tag team people who could have potentially gotten the bump, you know, gotten the bump and gotten up, put over on a tag team championship. Like that's, that's like six, that's like four extra females that you essentially kind of cut off at the legs yeah. that you have in a company full of females who are talented and who are all up and coming and who probably want a shot at a championship at a pay-per-view, even if they're not going to win it. You know, it's just like, Taking spots away from talent and, and yeah. women who deserve it. You know, they yeah. worked real hard. And and this is kind of, you know, we've seen that Steph has stepped away and, and Triple H has, has stepped away because of their health and everything like that. And, and I think they had a lot to do with uh, the women's wrestling booking for a very long time. And you can kind of see who's, you know, whoever's booking the women's matches because they do book them differently. Uh, they either have Vince in their ear or it is Vince, and he's never booked a women's match very well. You you constantly will see a lot of like, oh, let's just put them all on the screen. Look, there's screen time. Why are you complaining? Screen time, and that's not the that's not the the problem here. Is is they're not getting the opportunities where it needs to be, and that's and that's not just in the women's department. You know, I mean, there's a, that's happening everywhere, as you were saying earlier. With like, there's so much talent in this industry right now, and you really only have two major corporations that are are putting out content on that matter. Uh, you know, you've got TNA, but they're not really doing a lot anymore. And uh, didn't they just absorb um, Ring of Honor, uh, something like that? Someone just bought Ring of Honor not too long ago. Uh, uh, I believe so. So, you know, it's, it's smart because then it can kind of, you know, uh, give them a leg up. But it, it's again, it's taking you know, uh, spots away for people that could be holding titles in other positions and, and, you know, people be recognized on the level that they deserve to be. And that was on the roads of another controversy. That was the reason, one of the main reasons that Cody left WWE. Um, he went to AEW to, um, kind of get the, the recognition that he deserves. And, and he got it, you know, he was the champ, he was really in control, he was not completely, but I mean, he he 
took it to another level over in AEW, and then he pissed everybody off over there by coming back at WrestleMania and wrestling Seth in a fairly lackluster match, in my opinion. It was technically sound, but there was nothing... There was nothing to be said about the match uh, for the WrestleMania moment that, that he had, so you're getting a lot of this watered-down wrestling, especially with the WWE right now. So that's my thought on it. Anyone? Dan? No? Cool. Um, so if we look back at the Attitude Era, this really wasn't the problem back then. You had two corporations. Uh, I mean, you could say it was the problem in WCW back then, but you had the Monday Night Wars. You had these two companies vying for the top spot, and competition is good. It's the best thing that could possibly happen, and it was hot. It was... They had... I mean, I don't even remember. They had like eight, nine, ten million viewers at some point. Like the numbers were insanely high in the Attitude Era. Um, you had formations of stables that were just taking things to the next level. It was insane. Some of the talent that you had back then and the the mic skills alone were fantastic. Um, you know, uh, where where would you guys say that, like, the Attitude Era started? Like, would, do you think it was, like, at the King of the Ring in 97 when Austin really dropped his 316 promo and, and kind of took off and, and helped charter everything into there? What, what do you guys say? Mm. George? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I think Austin is definitely one of the the cornerstones um but i think there was like i I always feel like there was was like a build-up to that point you know that other people have kind of laid the foundation for it he it it, austin like i mean it was like it was a perfect uh, if you say that that is the point i would say it was the perfect accident kind of he was at the right place at the right time you know i don't even think he was i don't think he was even supposed to originally win that king of the ring i think that was the decision supposed to be triple h yeah that was a decision they made later triple h didn't yeah didn't win that king of the ring and and you imagine how different moments yeah you imagine how different like everything would have changed if austin didn't win that and didn't make that speech you know it's 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 crazy a lot of things had to fall into place for him to he you know i mean he could be credited for being the one who started it but I think he even would be willing to admit that a lot of things had to fall into place perfectly. There had to be people like Triple H. There had to be a Shawn Michaels. There had to be a yep. rock that was up and coming. There had to be all these people and all these right little things that just somehow like build up to that one point where it's like, bam, this is it, 316. Like on this day, you know? It, 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 so to say that maybe that's not the start of the attitude areas as so much as maybe that is like, um, that's the jumping off point. You know, there was a big lead up to it though, that you mm-hmm. kind of felt like wrestling was like something's interesting is happening. It's changing more and more. And you're starting to see like mainstream, as you were talking about all those viewers, like mainstream attention to it. And then suddenly it's like, Whoa, like it's in your face. Everybody's fucking talking about it. It's really hard to imagine personally, like if Austin, I mean, look, there's so many factors, but if Austin were to come up in today's era, he would have been brushed to the side like so many have been because he was given free reign. He cut that promo. That promo mm-hmm. was not written for him like all of them are today. 
I don't know how that works exactly. I think once you get to a certain level, I think the New Day was given some free reign. I think Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman are given reign. AJ, they will give some reign. AJ Styles, um, a little bit, yeah. I but Paul Heyman's part of creative. But those so. are, <laughs> but those yeah. are those are those are the established guys, though. Like you got to give someone a shot when you're younger to to see who's a star, who's worthy of the spotlight, and when you're. <laughs> When you're Vince handpicking who you think is should be because you like the way he looks and that's the first and foremost and only factor, you're going to have fan backlash and you're going to have them rooting for people who they think deserve it, even if it's not like they don't love them. They just like them more than your pick, like anyone else that's getting sorrow. Yeah, anyone. I mean, you know, I'll talk about it later today, like. Daniel Bryan was the result of fans just being fed up with Roman Reigns being forced down their throats. Like how many more, how many more Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, fucking Goldberg, you know, matches, wins are we, you know, they're like, give us, give us the wrestlers. You know, the people in the stands have the voice and they voiced their discomfort and dislike and didn't matter. Didn't matter at events. Uh, it, it, it continues to be that way. I feel uh, it, it finally Reigns turned heel. Thank fucking god uh and he's doing he's doing good like and and i hear he's like a good dude backstage and he's a good leader and that that matters but like how many people have been passed up that could have been that could have been in this position and done a better job countless so many i mean so many people that that they they put the title on but really only left it for like a few months or had just like lackluster runs like people like Kevin Owens and uh you know AJ Styles. He had a long long championship run but like it wasn't any you know like it kept being you know Roman Reigns in these big matches uh uh Brock Lesnar coming back for the you know the main event which was like you know a a big issue in in today's era where it, it's it's no longer about that title you know you look back at in in those early pay-per-views back in the uh, uh, 90s and early 2000s like the main event was the title match period you know unless it was like Vince or something like that but like it was the title and they were usually pretty damn good matches because you had the best people on it and they weren't holding this belt for like two three years you know like they've had runs where people are holding it for like two years like a year and a half and there was you go through the whole roster and there's no good people for them to fight because there's no good they're just not booking anybody correctly and and all their best people are mid carters or or not even holding belts and it's crazy so um it's it's just nuts um Let's, I mean, I still want to dive more in, into into the wars. Like, if if you guys had to, where where would you say it 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 was the turning point for WWE? I mean, this is documented in all these documentaries and all this crap. But like, you had WCW winning these Monday Night Wars for a very long time. They had the first real big mainstream faction in the NWO. You know, you brought. Nash and Hall over to WCW and had it look like it was an invasion, you know, like a legit, like these people were just on Monday Night Raw the night before and next week they're suddenly showing up on, on 
you know, Nitro. And, like, it was intriguing. And you're like, what the hell's happening here? All these talent are going over there. And people were watching it more than they were watching WWE. I mean, where, where, what are some of your big moments back from uh, from the Attitude Era? That was one of the big ones for me that I remember watching, I think, with you, George. Like, at, definitely at some point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk. About, I, I do. I, if I talk about this, I guess. All right. Favorite we can, we moments. Can, we can honestly. Hold off. Favorite moments. Honestly, uh, the unholy wedding with like Taker <laughs> and Steph. And, that was a good one, man. And of course, of course, the uh, Helmsley, uh, the Helmsley McMahon era. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, were... I love seeing like I love seeing like you know like Triple H and Pac and all those guys doing like the crazy shenanigans. Like, I think there's something to be said about like the Attitude Era when um that you just kind of had free reign, honestly, back then. But also, it, it it was funny because I I like it because you know because of who Steph and and Hunter are now to the company. That it's like they've essentially lived their whole lives in front of us and it's kind of like there's always been like a second reality show behind what is going on you know what wrestling of course most people understand the concept that it's kfab like the stories are written the, the outcome of the matches are predetermined and things like that and the wrestlers go in there and they're like stuntmen kind of and they choreograph a fight together and do something together to entertain the masses but um what's interesting about wrestling fans is they they don't just follow the main story that's going on there's always a story behind the scenes and it was just kind of one of those funny things where real life and the story that you saw on the screen blurred together you know and then you're like oh dang like they really are together and now it's like funny to see now like 20 years later like who they are, like the, the life that they've built, the company that they brought up, the talent yep. that the two of them have ushered in within the last 15 years, like, and just goes to show like that maybe I'm always going to have a little bit of like a soft spot for wrestling. And I think the two of them actually are one of the main reasons is that like, I see how much they love the company and how much they've put in, you know, that there's still yep. people who care that much about it. So, and it's sad I, that they're not hyper involved right now. They both yeah, stepped away for a while. Yeah, because of health issues and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So then we could go on. Uh, and and for me, you know, uh, attitude area was was something that was a point of pride. It was at Georgia. No, I said this last week. We we would like we would go to. Was Seven Eleven, uh, White Hen Pantry at the corner of uh, Wilmette and Ridge, and hang out, and then get like they had a, a a competition where if you you know under the Mountain Dew and other Pepsi products probably where you take the cap off and you could get uh, a, a chance to go to WrestleMania back in the day, and and it was like my biggest dream at one point because that was it, that was all like that was Attitude Era at its top, and uh, you know I really just wanted to keep going doing that. Um, but uh you know it all it all kind of changed when they had that merger so um you know 2001 comes around and and WCW finally lost you know i think they screwed themselves in in 
in that they had uh <laughs> who was it it was uh bischoff who announced he was like oh and at the end of tonight's raw you know because they pre-taped it we're gonna have mankind win the championship and blah 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 and like the second half of nitro the numbers plummeted because everyone flipped over to to you know usa and watched that and and it then eventually they had um you know the the reins were all being used by um the booking was all being done by like Nash and other people and it was just it was all falling and it was no bueno and then and then Vince bought WCW and you know as we were talking earlier he ruined competition there wasn't any anymore because he owned everything there was to do with wrestling other than you know some indies at the time so I didn't really watch much after that during the Ruthless Aggression era. I think, George, you kept going because there was a lot of, that was like Edge's era and introduction of like John Cena and like all these people that were kind of uh, slowly being introduced. Even Brock and like, you know, Batista and like all these people came in then. Was there any highlights that you thought that you enjoyed on that one or was it what? I mean, I feel like I did miss, like, a good part of it. I think I stopped watching, like, maybe immediately after high school. And I didn't pick it up until, like, three or four years later. And by then, John Cena was already a household name. Um, sure. And he was entertaining for what he was doing. And um, I, I, I understand, like, every single era, I think, has, like, that one person that they put everything on. Obviously, we said that... Attitude Era was Stone Cold. Um, and the Ruthless Aggression Era is named after John Cena. You know, that whole he put the whole company down his shoulder after what was considered the height of, you know, wrestling as we talked about. And uh, he put on that responsibility and he carried the team through the, the whole entire company through probably, I would say, its worst <laughs> parts of, you know. He and he and he he took all the criticism for what was wrong with the company, you know. But yeah, like I think what's interesting to see is that like John Cena's career is also, and I think he recognizes it as well, is that his career is built on the backs of like countless other talent that's in there that he had to essentially wrestle with, you know. One of the first ones that comes to mind, of course, you already mentioned is Edge, but also like Randy Orton, who's been there just yep. as long as he has, who's still there. You know, Randy Orton, you could say what you want about him. But when he was in when it was just him and 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 Cena, like wrestling at the top, like they put in great matches because of the fact that they had such great history with each other coming into the company together at the same time. So I think. Um. I think he takes a lot of the flack that was wrong with the company and that has been wrong with the company and he um he does it gracefully honestly. I don't think he ever is seems very like bitter about any of the shit that people say about him, you know, and what's wrong with him. You know, he's during that time and during the 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 ruthless aggression era, a lot of a lot of complaints that we still talk about stem from that era because that was just the way they were running business you know yeah. and a lot of things that are still wrong with it started around that era you know and because he's the face of that era they point to him as to why things are wrong 
when it's not rightfully so because at that time he didn't really have much choice you know he was just cup and coming and he was he is in john cena he is today and now that he when he finally became the john cena that he is today you saw him try his best to give people chances and opportunities as much as he possibly could and to highlight other people who never got a chance in the company you know and i think even for him he's now fed up to the point where he like he doesn't even want to you know like he's just like i'm done like i'm like, cause he, even he can't like, you know, they obviously, it's not that he doesn't love the fans and he doesn't love the business. You know, he bleeds like WWE and he loves wrestling, but it's like, I feel like to a certain point, even he couldn't like, he's done what he can to help. And now it's time for him to like move on. And it's great. You know, I love, I love where he is now in his career because He's doing some great shit. <laughs> so. I feel like he's like, I feel like he's one of the only wrestlers that really kind of spanned two eras. He is in that like he went he through the ag- ruthless aggression era, and now you know, and then he was like the also the face, the face of like of the, the PG era. Yeah, like imagine you know, having P- to usher that in and having to to be the guy right? that the company put the shoulders on. Then everything's wrong with the PG era. They were like, that's also John's fault. Like that's crazy. Like and he and for the guy for the guy that everyone pretty much scapegoats because because he's he, he's easy to do because he's the man at the top, they scapegoat him and they say it's his fault and he still takes it the way he does and he's still, you know, yeah. he's not bitter like, about it. I, I just it's you, amazing. You can prove his star power alone by like his run with the the U.S. Championship, the United States Championship, like. When he had that belt, like suddenly those matches, a those matches were fantastic. And to fantastic. your point, like he was putting, he had that open challenge, and he was putting anybody who wanted to, uh, to put, you know, like wrestle him. And he he put on some great ones, and like with some people, some young up and comers. You know that one he had, he had one with Kevin Owens, and and he had ones oh, with. Uh, he had a couple with Kevin Owens, name? and they were really freaking good. Sami Zayn, like some amazing battles. Seth yeah he made it important and he made it like you know of note and then you know it faded to the background again and they gave it like our truth or something or whatever and 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 yeah it it, it's just kind of sad to see some of these like mid-class belts you know the mid belts kind of just like fall by the wayside that like those don't get any time you know they're always on like the pre-show or you know uh, uh they're not on the main pay-per-view roster when like the ic title was one of the most premier titles you could win back in the day so a, a lot has changed in wrestling uh, as we've been watching because you know uh, i i can only speak for myself i'll go back and i'll uh like current day i'll watch some random matches that i've read about like i don't watch them a lot because I don't want to sit through the drama because they don't really write it really well anymore. You know, the soap opera isn't good right now. It's, you know, it's those those dark seasons in the middle of Saturday Night Live, you know, that that 10 year period where it was just bad writing. And that's basically what's happening for the last 15, 20 years now with 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 wrestling is the writing has been not he, great. I've always questioned whether like you talk about like the mid tier belts not getting any love or whatever intention. You always I always felt like this is the problem is that like. it's a it's a matter of like brand dilution right like unfortunately like having like wcw and that counterweight like fall off and buying up their competition um they're still struggling in the sense that like 
now they have like extra talent and more talent than they can put on TV, you know? And it's like the spot is limited and then therefore like the belts become less important because you're still trying to run the company like it's two different shows versus each other sometimes, right? You have SmackDown and you have Raw and you want to make it feel like it's got that WCW versus then versus WWF feel, but it's not because it's still the same company, it's but like stupid. it's still in competition with each other, but they're not because they're still the same company. And then therefore it ends up being that there's just less time for anybody in general, because you're still trying to run the company like two shows are in competition to each other. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like they're still stuck in that same mindset from the Attitude Era because that's the goal. That was the golden era, and they they're still trying to make that formula work with the what the pieces that they have now, and they don't have that because the way it worked back then was organic. It happened on its own due to natural competition, and now you're trying to manufacture this fake competition between two shows, and it doesn't work because you're still under the same company, and at the very top of the pyramid, it's still the same thing. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that's why the belts are not as important. The lower belts are not as important because of the brand dilution. So it's like, oh, there's a champion on SmackDown. Oh, okay. There's also a championship on like Raw. And there's also a championship in NXT. But then they also have secondary. T- it's like, come on. There's no, for a two hour pay per view for every month, like, there's not enough time to put everybody who's onto that pay per view, you know? Like. And they used to do, they had that time when they were running like two pay-per-views a month because they would have a raw pay-per-view and a smackdown pay-per-view and it was just like you there was if you i think i calculated the numbers at one point but like if you were watching just wwe you you'd have like like 20 or 30 hours of wrestling like minimum a month and that's just like that's absolutely insane you had like three hours on monday two hours on friday they had main events they had nxt they had the pay-per-view like it was just like you've got all you're putting out all this content but like there's no like you were saying there's no consistency you know you don't you know when you have main event it has almost little to nothing to do with anything that happened on raw or smackdown it's like it's its own little show and like what's the point of doing that you know like yeah you got to put talent out but nobody's going to care because it, it, it doesn't tie into what you've been watching. It's not the main story. So nobody cares about like the C D and E and F stories that are happening with like, you know, our truth and Dana Brooke and you know, all these people that are just like filler talent, which is unfortunate for some of them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I will say one good thing that's come of this this new era uh, is is the new women's wrestling. You know, I think it's been it has been changed a lot, and you get you know these amazing matches that can go for match of the year that are just absolutely phenomenal. Mostly, most of those matches happened in NXT. I would say there's a few on the main roster that that might be up there, but like you know, uh, you you can look at you know. Of like five or six names that uh, of the women wrestlers that were like in best matches, uh, and and to a point that's kind of you know WWE's problem is they have only like a handful of women that that the bookers have any faith in. It's it it shouldn't be that way. You know they've got all these talented women down in NXT and they bring them up to 
you know, uh, who are the champions, who are, you know, proving themselves night in, night out, and then they come to the main roster and they are part of a battle royale. And it's just like, you're not doing anything. You're just leaving the belt on, you know, on Becky, on Charlotte, on Sasha, on Bailey, on Becky, on Charlotte. On it just, It's just this ever-rotating circle of you know, I only care about these, you know, the, the bookers, Vince only cares about these two or three women. So he just keeps popping the belt on them when there's so many other talented people that can be, that can have this belt. I'm going to say this. I, when Dan and I talked about doing this episode, I was like, let's do positive stuff. And I, here I am just shit talking the whole time. And it's true. I've, it's hard to really enjoy Ooh, the story of wrestling when you know so much about what's happening behind the scenes and how horribly Vince is, is you know, uh, uh, probably treating his talent and booking his talent and not relying on anybody, how tight he has the reins and it's, it's rough, you know, and, and I really want to watch AEW. It's, I don't know where to even watch it over here. I know that it's not the best thing right now, but I think it would be cool to watch because it's you just can at least a little watch different. the AEW dark matches that are on only on their YouTube channel. And you can oh, see, I'll like, watch that. you can see, yeah, it's like their NXT basically. And it's the young up and comers like trying to make a name for themselves. And uh, AEW is, uh, man, they are, uh, they have been on a hiring frenzy of people escaping the, or being fired from WWE. And I don't know how long to keep that up. Uh, something's got to yeah. give. I don't know. It sounds uh, very familiar. Yeah, it does sound familiar. But I mean, at least they're hiring people that are like good and young and not like all old dudes that are just going to. 45 year old Hulk Hogan. Run, yeah, run shit into the ground. Um, because there's, you know, you, you would, you could argue that they're fans of AEW are like, still actual fans of wrestling and not like just doing what they've been you know, <laughs> doing for so many years or decades. It, it's, um, I don't know. I, uh, it's hard to, it is myself. I'm going to say it a few more times in this podcast. It's hard to be a wrestling fan. Like where it do is. you find your inspiration? Like what you, what are you latching on to? You know, it's like you're, uh, you know, it's like you're you're underwater holding on to one thing while all these sh- everything's like hitting you in the face, like oh, bad writing, not wrong guy being pushed or anything. But then there's like just uh, there's something. I, and for me, there's nothing really right now. Yeah, and it's I haven't, I haven't really it's, been a wrestling it's fan. The man, Becky Lynch. Is she's, it? I'm she's kind of man, over every, her as well. Every single pay per view that I've watched in the last like six months. She's got the best match when she was in, she's when amazing. she was not on hiatus, yeah. when she was before she left and when she came back, she's always had the best match of the pay-per-view, mm. um, which we'll get into later. I It's story time real quick. So we had a friend who worked in the company uh, at one point and like their uh, charity side of it, whatever they did, not, you know, whatever uh, for WWE. And this person was not a wrestling fan by any means. She just wanted to do the charity work. So instead of taking the tickets and watching, we got the opportunity to go to uh, Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, live events, whatever. Whenever they were in Chicago, it was always a rotating cast of the three of us and someone else. Um, and we got to sit in pretty good seats every, you know, every two or three times a year we got to see them live i would probably say those were some of the best times 
to be not necessarily be a wrestling fan, but like we were in it. We were involved. We watched it pretty. We didn't watch it like religiously or anything like I used to, but we would see them, you know, Raw and SmackDown here and there, keep up with it every couple weeks. And and then we'd go to them and follow it. And like it was a lot of fun to do that. And we had some crazy times with like uh, um, trying to get chants going and just yelling at all the I different wrestlers. Say... Just, it was like a live one and there's no one there. You could yell into the ring and the wrestler would hear you and stuff. And yeah, I will was, say that was nuts. As a wrestling fan, honestly, like being at a live event is like a really great enjoyment. You know, a lot of people talk about like I, I kind of equate it to for me, I equate it to like baseball. Like I can't watch baseball on television. Like it's boring as hell. I will fall asleep. I fall asleep. But like at a, at a, at a game, it's way more entertaining because there's like people and I'm hanging out. I'm like, it's outside. Like, you know, like there's a lot more to, to it. The atmosphere feels much more entertaining than watching it at home and i think wrestling has that same thing too is that being a live event turns what's probably already at a, like a, a television show that's at a seven it turns it up to a full 10 like it really at least gives you that extra like oomph that that is missing at home and i and, and it is much more enjoyable at a live event it doesn't even matter if you're in the fucking nosebleeds like there's something to it being in the crowd being like in the stadium with these people like makes it that much more real even though you know there is you understand they're real people but yeah. it's like that much more real and i and they do put on a great live event i will say that yeah do you guys you guys remember when we were we went to obviously bring up honor which was probably one of the greatest single live wrestling wrestling events i think i would say i've ever been to yeah. i'd hope it was up on the top of yours but it was like the second or third time we went. It wasn't the first time we went. And we were sitting up against, we were like sitting on the rail, like front row seats and everything. And um, I was wearing this shirt. And uh, we, every at those old like tiny events, there was a couple of things that happened that don't happen in the WWE. A lot of people will throw streamers and toilet paper and stuff like that into the ring, which is Not super toilet cool. Paper. <laughs> no, some people will throw toilet paper, but uh, it's generally streamers that get thrown into the ring. And there's a there's a, a fun call and response aspect to the crowd that instead of just chance, someone will go, you know, just in the like a dead moment, someone will just yell wrestling and then the rest of the crowd's all yeah and it's absolutely hilarious and it had happened several times that evening and what you want to cut me off what do you got well i don't do you want you should finish your story first so you, I, I know what you're going to tell say it again so we 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 were all having a, a wonderful time i am like jacked in this event like there was a moment when the camera was coming at me i'm like I'm screaming like a maniac for effect. <laughs> and then <laughs> it was kind of a dead moment. And I was like, oh, here's my chance. And I just yell, wrestling. Fucking nothing. It was <laughs> dead silence. And I yelled it loud. They fucking heard me. And then like two minutes later, someone else yells, wrestling the whole crowd. Yeah. And I was now, like, oh, Tim, fuck you guys. Tim, and then back to the laugh. Because Tim... Now, well, not only did was the was that a hilarious moment, but like <laughs> right after when not right after when no one did anything, man was like, "Nah, fuck you guys," and everyone laughed because I yeah. heard that. But like now, Tim, this is this sheds this makes it all clear. 
Tim says during a dead moment. That is that is why you fucked up. They never doing it do it during a dead moment. They do it after someone has had a good exchange of wrestling, and they go wrestling, and everyone's like, yeah. And so Tim, no. if you not yeah, always, yeah, not always. always, yes. And you chose a random dead moment, and that is why no one responded. They're like, what? They're just this is that wasn't like a particular. They just so no one said anything. It was, it was still absolutely hilarious, though. It was it hilarious, happened. but like that's why you got to do it after like a nice little exchange or like some good wrestling moments. And Tim just like picked a random dead moment, and that's why everyone was like, what? <laughs> no, like wrestling. It was what? good though. It was good. It was a good I, moment. That the was live a great events, show. I think for WWE are like. They're like larger than life, and I think that's really what like yeah. we 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 can watch wrestling in a gym or a armory or whatever like you know tiny play, and we that's great and that fan reaction. But m when they multiply that times a thousand, and then put in all the show, the big t screen, the ramp, the entrances, the pyrotechnics, like it just turns it up to like it's, a whole yeah. new level of a live event that. First time seeing it, I don't see how you don't aren't in awe of it because you're just yeah. like the production of it all, yeah. especially Smarch coming from. I mean, this doesn't spoil coming from your background of doing production and things like that. And you understand how much work it goes into putting all that. And it's a traveling show that goes nationwide, international, worldwide. I, I, like for, yeah. it's crazy. They and they set that all up like overnight, like. We we arrived the night before and we got to stay up all day and then put on the show all night yeah. and then tear oh. it down and then go to the next fucking city. Like, Ooh, imagine being part of that crew and being on that schedule, you know, to do put that show on every single fucking to. night. You, nice you guys, I don't know if you knew this, crews. but like whenever I was with you guys, like I would experience small bouts of anxiety when something went wrong uh -huh. because I'm like, oh, they're fucking up. Oh, that was the wrong. Oh, they're fucking up. I'm like, no, nah, somebody's uh, go scrambling backstage. They're like, gonna, they're like, cut a commercial. Like <laughs> the lights. <laughs> I, I was, I would just, and then, it, you know, and then it'd be right. And then it'd be like, oh, okay. Remember I'm here to have fun. Oh, there's feedback on that mic. <laughs> feel, feel secondary, like anxiety from these people, like fucking up or something. Yeah. Um, for some reason, when I was watching, I was just like, ah, yeah, whatever they fuck. But when I was there, I was like, I don't know. Something about it was different. Luckily, that didn't happen too often. They're, it's a, but yeah, I. I it's a production. It, it, it's an yeah. army. Honestly, it's an yeah. army. It really is. Yeah. And the fact is, is a lot of people are working behind the scenes that you do not see, and then they employ hundreds of people, and it's a moving circus goes from town to town all over I the mean, world. I understand, like when a when I see a rope break or a turnbuckle come loose. I, I mean, that's 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 rough, but like. You know how many people, how many hands are passed down to like hire some dude and this dude doesn't show up there. So they get a replacement dude who's something or maybe he hasn't have done it a lot. And they're like scrambling to set this up. He's like, hey, I'm not sure about this. Or he doesn't want to say I'm not sure about setting this up. And then that happens. And it's like, of course it fucking does. You guys are doing this in a like a day to day basis, practically. And you have like you're passing information down the pipe, you know, and the last minute changes, oh God, that they've done, you know, that are that Vince like, I've decided this person's going to win today instead. Like, what a fucking shit show it must be backstage. Like this amount of shit we haven't seen is probably astronomical. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's so it's for me, I like hearing when, you know, something happens backstage because I'm I'm very curious. But I think for the most part, as for me being in the kind of not the same kind of show business, but something it's still in a business of show. 
I'm relieved I don't get too much backstage because I don't know how much I'd want to know. Like, we get enough as it is. I, I truly feel that the lack of kayfabe has, like, taken something away. Even though, even though, what can I say? I can't help it. Like, I'm on Bleacher Report. I, I like to read, like, what's happening. But, like, you're just getting straight up things. This is going to happen on Raw. Or this will happen in the next few weeks. And you're just kind of like... Okay, like this is how it is now. Like it's you know no more surprises, and that's kind of sad. Uh, and just another thing working against wrestling these days, in yeah, my opinion. It but is. What are you gonna do? They're they're the same reason uh, I complain about them revealing big reveals in Marvel trailers. You know, it's like they were trying to put butts in seats uh, mm-hmm. for people who wouldn't call themselves real wrestling fans that are just casuals or trying to get them to tune in and. What are you going to do? That's the nature of making money. It is what it is. I will say the not watching weekly, help barely watching annually. Um, when you do tune into like a, a, a pay-per-view these days, the one thing that's nice is the WWE really knows how to make a vignette and like a little pre-match like movie they're like a little five two three five minute they got a great formula whoever does that everything yeah whoever is doing the editing on that they got a great formula they've oh. been doing it for years like, editors you can feel like you've been watching for a while because mm-hmm. they they make it a compelling and interesting up, yeah. moment and you're like i'm like oh cool yeah like i want you know aj to win this match because not just he's one of my favorite wrestlers on the you know most talented in the there but i'm like oh that's a good story you know but like if you were to watch weekly you'd be like that one segment that they took 20 seconds of was like 10 minutes long and yeah horrible on yeah. on live yeah. tv and it's Sometimes just ridiculous I just would like to watch just that like in its weird form of entertainment yeah. like can we it's... just get like the edited version like, i do i actually be prepping for the, the show I watched a few of those vignettes, like the lead-ups, because actually I didn't even watch the matches that I was thinking of were best matches. Yeah. I watched some of the storyline vignettes, because uh, we'll, I'll get into the reasoning why, but essentially I watched those vignettes and it was, I mean, some of them are good and it it, it, it I put me back to those matches and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that storyline now, that's why I was invested in this match is because this happened and like, oh yeah, like I remember the pop that that received, but that was like a 10 minute stare down and then they said one thing like you know like (laughs) it's just you don't get the talent as much anymore as you did back with like the rock and austin and jericho and you know edge and christian and like all these people who were like amazing on the mic kurt angle was like shockingly hilarious and fun to watch you know like uh these great promos you don't see them anymore because they're all um they're all scripted and the people writing don't uh, like, I don't feel like they understand the characters that they're writing for. Cause they're writing for like 30 to 50 different characters a night. And it just, it doesn't make sense. Um, so, you know, you miss out a lot of, on a lot of that because it's not coming from a raw emotional place. It's coming from writers. Like there's, there's that clip. I don't even know who it was. Uh, some newer wrestler who, who, was like going over his lines right before like he hops on screen and he walks into the camera and like he's talking and like if you look down at his hand you can see him take his his promo notes and like toss them like he flicks them to the side mid promo and like was uh the the tag team partner to otis whatever his name was yeah whatever and you're just like 
you're like, this is wrestling now. Husky you know, Harris, this yes. is a lot of what it is. If your name isn't AJ Styles, if it's not Roman Reigns, if you're not like top dog, you've got people reading notes and like hoping it comes off as genuine. And okay, it's it like doesn't coming through like the fucking pipeline of like, and it's like you might as well have like the like the, uh, you know. It's the censors writing these things because they're just fucking so formulaic and the same thing, and it's just like, oh, this is approved by by legal, so this is what we should go with. It's like, man, this is like the reason wrestling's on the map is because of the fucking Attitude Era, and like you got Stone Cold like cutting promos, maybe things he should have been saying, and like those were like some of like that was he that was why wrestling got up as popular as it is. Remember your roots, fuckers. Like, yeah. If if you go back though and watch a lot of those promos and segments and stuff like that, there was a lot of shit that you just can't do anymore. You know, like, well, man, the way true. that they booked their women's wrestling was a fucking joke. You know, like they were they weren't wrestlers for a while until like Lita and, and Trish came around, like, you know, even Molly Holly and like Jacqueline, like they were wrestlers, you know what I mean? But like you had glorified valets that were coming out in their brawn panties. And like, you know, that's, if you're, if you're like a 17 year old kid, that's entertaining, but like, you know, I can't watch that shit anymore. I'm like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's that's just you know that's wrong and i feel bad for some of them you know uh because it's what it was and you know at the time yeah i was like yeah because uh, you know i was fucking 16 years old 17 years old i didn't know any better um I mean, it's sad and, and a lot it. of the i guess to watch it because you know fucking trish Stratus and um... sure but like you know they weren't being put on as wrestlers they were being put into brawn panty matches like that's not Corey wrestling <laughs> yeah i mean they're gorgeous but like you know that's yeah, they're I'm, they're I'm being exploited live on television like you said it's you couldn't just... watch it i feel like that's a stretch and that's that even I, went I won't through, go back like, and really the, watch those and even that that was even an issue all the way through like the ruthless era and you know even into the pg era oh well i mean i mean we'll shit didn't uh didn't like edge have a victory uh like he won the championship and celebrated by like having sex with Lita live on television or something yeah, stupid was, like that. Ooh, Jesus I was Christ. like, I was like, this is cringy. Like, why are you doing this? This has nothing to if, do with wrestling. I don't know if it's... you recall, like edge talking about that. Somebody said to him the day before that show, Hey, look, you know, tomorrow we'll, uh, we're, we're going to be, we're all looking forward to the live sex celebration. And he's like, Haha, what? Yeah, like, like that's... literally informed the day before, not actually, like just assuming he knew and then having to go out there the day of realizing what you're going to have to do is ridiculous on yeah. so many levels. Like, I'm I'm so happy now that when I'm watching the you know women's wrestling, I'm watching wrestling and it's it's better. It's so much better to see these women being pushed up on a platform for where they um deserve you know the spotlight is on them and they are some of the most talented people in this industry um and it's it's wonderful to see that it's come so far especially with you know the women's revolution you know when you got like Paige uh and and aj um yeah didn't she have a last name or was it just aj aj lee 
Well, Lee, thank you. I was like, yeah. I know her real last name. I can't remember what it was. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. AJ <laughs> Lee. It was Mendez now. That's her real name or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, uh, you've got, they ushered in the new era, and now you, you know, you've got people like Bailey and uh, and everybody. So it, it's it's absolutely fantastic to see where it is uh, now, because... As I said earlier, you know, some of these, every pay-per-view that I've watched, the women's matches are always the best. I'll occasionally have like an AJ Styles match or a Seth Rollins match that's up there that's really good, Kevin Owens, but like, again, they're just, they're not booked right, you know, uh, and, and it's it's sad. KO had a good match at Mania because it was against Austin. Shockingly, that was a good match. It was like a no-holds-barred and they um, went around the arena and it was, you know, little very little wrestling happened but it was it was entertaining and it was good not just from like a, oh this is an old an old man steve austin wrestling i'm like i would have enjoyed watching that at any point in time it was pretty good so you know it, it but again for me that even that mania it was uh, a becky lynch versus bianca belair and it was fucking amazing if yeah, you will belair is top so insanely I will, talented i will say that it's interesting to see like you you go you know it's called the women's evolution or revolution and it's interesting to see um they the like the transformation the whole division has taken right they really it, it it makes you question whether it's because we've seen such low lows that like now that they're finally kind of at a decent standpoint that we're like willing to accept it even though they're not quite equal yet do you know what I'm saying it's like because the, we've seen them go through this attitude era where they were just treated as eye candy to uh, the ruthless aggression era, which, you know, yeah, they were great wrestlers, but still treated as eye candy. And then PG era when they weren't because they weren't eye candy and WWE didn't know what to do with them. They saw less and less and less and less chances of opportunity to things like WrestleMania matches being canceled, getting two-minute matches, getting all this stuff in the PG era that was just so wrong, you know, for them and not getting any opportunities. And then now that things are a little bit better, are we just feeling like it's good because of what we've seen in the past, like, 20 years? You know, it's like I'm... I, I, I think as far as talent, the talent was always there, I think. There was always a talent. Now it's just that they're getting more opportunities than they did before. Are they still getting the same equal opportunities? Nope. But it's a, way, it's a long ways to go. It's still a long ways to go. You know, I, I, yeah, it's still a long ways to go. So I, and the the positive side that I'm trying to add that I think t you know Tim was talking about is that in the last ten years. I would say the majority of the talent that I have any like strong feelings for or like want to root for or want to keep watching. And one of the reasons why I still was watching was because of the female talent that I saw, because I saw some really, really great talent, you know, and that yeah. was some of the shining light in within the company for the last 10 years was the female, like was that women's evolution, you know, cause I was like, finally, and it's like, finally, these people finally get a chance to do something and show us what they got. So I'm glad, but I, yeah, still a long way to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, who knows? Vince is getting old. Hopefully he goes away 
Um, and then we'll get some some good wrestling. But I don't know where it's gonna go anymore. It was like Triple H was or and Steph were like they were it. They were the ones that should have been taking over. But you know, I mean, it, it his his heart issues and and everything and like it it kind of shows kind of what how wrestlers back in the day were treated. It, you know, other than Triple H, like a lot of these people's health is not great. Like yeah. it really isn't. You know, they're doing a lot more now. Uh, for the wrestlers, mm-hmm. it, it's also a long way to go uh, as far as like how much they they you know how much coverage and how you know they're taken care of. But like I mean, look at like Scott Hall and you know mm-hmm. like these type of people and and it's not you know they're not in great shape and it's not just all because of like the drugs and everything like that. But um, it, you know it, it, there's just oh, yeah Piper. Warrior. There's so many people who have have passed early because you know a it's is a taxing taxing sport. Yeah, and like again, there's a part where people mm-hmm. are like they know what they're getting into. I'm like that's true. They're doing their part. They're like no more you know like uh, um, spike pile drivers and and they're trying their best to kind of do and 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 taper it. That's why you have a very different style of wrestling. Uh, between WWE and AEW and Ring of Honor, you know, WWE, they, there's a lot of band moves and a lot of these matches look the same if you kind of watch them because they're taking it a lot safer than a lot of the other organizations are. Um, whether they're not trusting their talent or actually looking out for their health, it, it's who knows, you know, but like you look at wrestlers like Randy Orton and Miz, like these guys didn't come up in the Attitude Era. They didn't come up with chair shots to the head. They came up in, you know, ruthless aggression here and there, but like PG era, but like they will be on this roster f- for the entirety of their career because it's the safe play a for them. Cause they're, you know, in better, uh, they're being taken care of better, I guess now, but like they wrestle safer matches, you know, they, yeah. they, their style is more conducive of what There's Vince a- wants. And that's a safer, not as flashy match. And they're not going to put, you know, giant table spots on, on Monday night, on Friday night or whatever SmackDown and is anymore. This- we'll put some on the pay-per-view. This isn't to say they don't have it in them to do it because the thing is, is if you if you, there's a good story about um, if you ever seen the Randy Orton documentary, there's a good story is that when he first started out, he was like, I need to keep up with the big boys because he's coming off the heels of the Attitude Era, and you know his the people that he was wrestling with were like people who were big stars and, and hardcore players like Mick Foley, and he's like, I gotta keep up with Mick. Mick's freaking using thumbtacks on barbed wire, and he felt like. I'm just this 20, you know, 20 year old kid coming into the company and I got to keep up with them. And it was actually Hunter who sat him down, Triple H who sat him down and was like, dude, like you don't need to be jumping off the top rope. You're like six foot, you know, whatever, six foot 11 or however tall you are, six foot five, seven. And you're jumping and you know, 200 something, 300 something pounds. And he's six, you, seven. He's tall. And he's, he's tall. Randy Orton's stupid tall. And he, he he's like, you don't have any business jumping off of like yeah. uh yeah, he's pretty tall six five. he's pretty tall yeah you don't have any he's like you don't need to jump off of the top rope and and do any of that you know like that's not even a a, a necessity cool thanks for the ray timeless um that's not even like you you need to take better care of your your body and also randy orton yeah. and a lot of people's moves that they do repeatedly because of not so much that the move is unsafe, but because of the continued repetitive motion 
of that same move over and over again, day in, day out, it, it, it wears and tears. And Randy Orton has, you know, his, his moves are RKO. Everyone knows that. So that because of the, the strain of that move that he does repeatedly night after night, he has to really take care of his shoulder. And he's had a horrible history of bad shoulder and neck and like collarbone injury and things that he's been doing. And it was during that time that in earlier in his career where somebody, thank God, Hunter, parted the knowledge on him and was like, no, like stop taking risks. Like the goal of your career should be longevity. Like, and you need to take better care of yourself because your body is the most important like thing for you right now. And that's when he finally changed his mind and you see the prep work that he goes into to take care of his body. And that is probably the key to the longevity of his career is that he was not the one to go out there and throw his body on the line. Like so many people who are trying to get over are always trying to do, you know? And it goes to show the difference. You see people like Daniel Bryan who've thrown their caution to the wind repeatedly in you know and it you see what happened to his career as opposed yeah. to someone like randy orton who was like and miss who was like i wrestle smart miss is like willing to admit that he's like i wrestle smart he's like i make up for what i like i you can't say i put on a bad match it's a still a solid match but i'm wrestling smart you yeah. know like that's just like his defense is like i've been in this company how long now 15 some odd years i'm wrestling smart like you know what's crazy is look at these guys that were like putting their shit on the line night after night and like it, like there's a few of them that are still going the hardys are still going um but the like Dudleys think about are still the going wear and tear like, they are and the shape know, of their bodies after these like, years there's it, it's nuts man that they're still doing this and like they put on some of the most insane matches that I've ever seen in my life. The shit that they put their bodies through with these ladders and these tables and these chairs. Oh my. It's just ridiculous that they're still able to get up and do it. Now I don't I'm not gonna say that they're doing it as well as they used to, but it they've they've put in some matches in the last few years that are pretty darn close to some of their more iconic shit that they've done. Edge has put on some great matches in the, since he returned, and you know that's saying something because he is older, uh, and he was gone for a while. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. It, it it's been a crazy ride being a wrestling fan, going from you know growing up for me uh, being a, a Hulkamaniac uh, to finding out he's not a good person. Um, to, to, to going into the Attitude Era, to, uh, you know, taking a break for a while, to coming back and diving into it, and going and, and enjoying some of the finest bonding moments that we've ever had, uh, watching wrestling, and now to kind of still loving it, but like in a, I'll read about it and watch the good matches, you know, I'll watch some Ricochet matches, and, and these younger guys, I'll watch some Hangman Man, matches, and, poor Ricochet. you know, I like Adam Cole, Dan does not, and I don't I, think hold he... On, had, hold on, I, hold Adam on, Cole, Adam hey, Cole hey. is oh, wait, are we do, is this, wrestler. Not yet. We're going uh, to get to there. a cutoff point. Hold on, I got to say some stuff. Are we getting a cutoff point? Because if we're going to go into it... <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there. I just, you know, we sp Close. it's so funny how he's basically spent... We are talking about all the eras, and it's basically become like wrestling like wrestling is pretty bad and now we're gonna and now but now we're eventually now we're gonna talk about the things we like about it thank you know i'm, I'm about to say something i'd never say can can we stop ripping on the thing we're currently talking 
Yeah, it's hard to do. It's, 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 it is. It's really taking it out of me, it, man. You know, really it, it comes from a place of love because the thing is, is we really, 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 really love the town. Right. I, re, I, we, I, mean, I like, I again, I, I see the hard work they put in, and like nowadays to absolutely. be talent, like it was back in the Attitude Era, like they didn't have to worry about like handling so many different platforms. Like they just had to worry about being on TV. Right nowadays, yeah. like to be a real star, you got to handle your social media business. You got to handle all this like other stuff that's like not even like stuff that they had to consider even ten years ago. You know, like now it's like every wrestler has to have like a, a presence, like not just like on WWE, but like world, like outside on different platforms outside of WWE too, because like that's like expected of you you know and that's how you get any type of buzz going on because you have to work a different type of game outside of show what i was gonna say was that i mean the best part of wrestling is watching it with your friends yeah you guys i mean there's really this the second i'm serious like the second you we stopped like getting together and watching this like that was basically it because like wrestling doesn't require your like full attention and you miss whatever you missed another fucking whatever moment that we've seen a thousand times and we can like and it's fun to like rip on it um but it is kind of sad to talk about like how pretty much what we had to say is mostly negative things uh and that's because you know it's because we witnessed it in its peak as as children and it is seemingly never teenagers. going to be as good or teenagers whatever uh it's seemingly never going to be as good again i don't think uh from multiple front maybe because you know i one it's hard to compete with nostalgia but two it's just vince just doesn't care the complete huh, the complete bastardization of what was once nxt has just become another vince project and i swear to god i swear to god vince did that out of spite like saw Hunter's success and it's just like, nah, I don't want him. This is getting too much buzz. I'm going to make this the same crappy thing that I do all the time. Like Hunter had something going there, man. He had like, he had some real magic. I re like reignited my love for wrestling and like really good matches and a place for people to go where wrestling mattered. And it's just now it's just the same shit. Well, you know, know what it was. Let's make Rick Steiner's son the champion because he's fucking. I mean, I hear he's pretty good. I don't know. Whatever. No offense. Is that Steiner's son? Really? Yeah. 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 And I mean, and it's just like, remember, like, we, you guys had something going there. And Vince, I don't, had zero reasons to redo that. Like, because I swear to God, I was out of spite. The firing of William Regal was the dumbest thing you could have done. William Regal is the reason we have Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Bailey, I don't know about Charlotte, but like Alexa Bliss. And like there's, Dusty had some hands in that too. D- okay, d- sorry. Dusty definitely did as well. Um Oh, but William Regal is just respected um, like in the industry as like one of like the man. Like so much. Such a great talent scout. uh, He is the reason we have so many great superstars up and coming right now. And to fire him for what reason? I couldn't tell you, but he was going to continue to find talent. Now, granted, it's talent that doesn't fit the bill for the old Vince McMahon, who just wants... I guess big, you know, what is the same story? Big dudes over actually talented wrestlers. And it's like, how are you... How can you, like... It just... the. Just the hardcore fans do not matter to Vince because 
And in a really fucked up way, he's not wrong. They will continue to watch because they want to root for their favorites. And in a way, it's like the only thing you can do is not watch. He's got them on the hook. So it's like, I'm done. Like, I'm I'm I don't I don't want to feed that monster anymore. Like, what's the point? Like, like I look, it's a really shitty thing to say. But and Tim said it without outright saying it. Like when Vince is gone, I have much higher hopes, not just for WWE, but for wrestling in general. I feel like he's just laid this landscape that it's really hard to do what you need to do. And maybe look at treat. I don't know. It's really sad, but yeah. I'm glad we can, I think, move on now and actually talk about things we yeah. like because it makes you, me feel you know, happier inside. You know what, you know what Triple H did to NXT and what he did to wrestling? He he made it intimate again. Yeah. And do you know how he did that? One thing will make wrestling better is intimacy. He turned down the fucking lights. Like, why do I need to see who's in the crowd? I, I don't. Look at I don't all need these to see him. I need to hear him. Paying like, money. Show me here thing. and then. Even Raw back in the day, like they didn't have the fucking uh, crowd lights on as much, you know. They or they were they were dimmed and they had that red aura around it, you know. But like yeah. it it creates focus on the ring, like it it really really does, and it was a more intimate thing because wrestling is an intimate matter when you look at it. It's two people in their fucking underwear how more intimate can you get there you know trying to put on a show for everybody here like these two people are dancing for us and it's a story and it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing and when it's done right it is some of the most beautiful sports entertainment you will ever see you know i mean you can watch football all day long and enjoy it but a really awesome high spot or really really well told wrestling match to me is just like so much better than like i was almost gonna say like the bears winning the super bowl but i don't think anything would top that jesus christ come on but yeah know your limits (laughs) yeah almost almost okay so we haven't had in so long we have gone on and on and on, yeah, but our first we part are is longer than it is long. Is, is long. It's a little longer than we anticipated. So we're going to wind Shh, this one surprise. down um, and then pick the next one up. Keep watching live here because we're going to keep going, but I am going to do a wind down. So um, this was part one of our wrestling podcast and it was a bit of a downer. Um, so I apologize for that. And a lot of it was over here, just shit talking my way out of this. Cause that's what I do apparently when we talk wrestling, but, it's hard not to. um, we're going to do our favorite moments, our top Yay. moments, top wrestlers, top everything, happiness, Yay. good times. And on a good uh, note, this uh, is what we call yeah. the shit. Sandwich so <laughs> as we will, as we wind this first part down, Please make sure that if you like this or want to see the good part of it, at least give it a subscribe, turn that bell on uh, on the YouTube channel. Follow GJC327 on his Twitch here for us live. It's going to be weird times. Yes, it's like 10 or 11 in the morning in the U.S., but you can always catch us here and have a, a join in on the conversation. We've had a lot of people on this one, which I really appreciate. So thank you guys all for coming uh, for this part one. Um, Follow us on all our socials, uh, Modern Nerd or Nerd underscore Modern on Twitter. Um, Merchandise on uh, Instagram, which I've seen him do a few things lately. He's becoming a little bit better. And GJC327 on all social media platforms. Thank you for coming and stay tuned for part two coming shortly.